the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get away, get away here uh, from the weekend and uh, start in another week here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I understand Jan is in the studio, and so is Iverson Jackson We're and here. Paul Calvert. And I heard Wayne Beachy made yeah, his way yeah, in early. Sitting here between Iverson and, and I. Yes, okay. and Dave. Guess who is sitting in your seat? I I know who's sitting in my <laughs> seat because you <laughs> because you warned everybody everyone. that no, you I, could shoot better. Being nice, I threatened everyone else on the set. I said, "When Dave's not here, I'm getting in his seat." So, so yeah. Jan actually showed up. She got here before the show and got started. Here before the show started, I still got her seat. way earlier than she. Did. But, so but Dave, he did not occupy the yeah, seat. <laughs> Iverson didn't even try to fight for it. So well, I've seen guys, her shoot. I know she can shoot straight. That's right. I'm, here we go. I'm going to start us off with a with a story you're just going to love to talk about. I don't know if you saw this story over the weekend. It played on NBC, and uh, now it's uh, <clears throat> excuse me become a, a national story. There are people in the Illinois legislature that are saying that uh, history as we know it should be abolished and not talk, uh, taught, probably not talk, but taught, not taught in Illinois school because it doesn't talk anything about minority impact. Now, I know that that's not a fact when I was going to school back in the 70s. Illinois history was teaching uh, about civil rights and things of that nature. This state res, uh, uh, representative, LaShawn Ford, said current history teachings overlook the contributions of women and minorities. Now, this is a, a large reach from Black Lives Matter that uh, we've been wait. I've been waiting to see somebody say this because I, it, it's what they've been they've been inkling at for um, for several months. So uh, 1984 is definitely here. Uh <laughs> In Portland, Oregon, they were burning Bibles over the weekend, which is disturbing. But uh, it's gotten crazy out there. And what I don't understand, maybe you all can. uh, So is that why you're staying home, Dave? No, no. I (laughs) I thought maybe you got got scared. Got a problem with my foot. No, I personally, I would love to to go down and debate some of these idiots, to be honest with you. Do some man on the street stuff. Oh, it's crazy. It is. So so what is what is Illinois actually wanting to teach in their schools now, since they don't really want to teach history, which I don't really trust them to teach it accurately anyway? They don't know. Isn't that what the the answer always is? Well, what should you have in place of it? And everybody says, well, we'll figure that out. And that's when you know you don't want to do what the side is saying. So they can just make something up as they go along, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Some fairy tale stories. Maybe they can teach Harry Potter as history I mean, or something. I huh? mean, 
And think about this, and let me assess Jan to jump in right at the very beginning here. Does it not concern you that the right is not responding to this insanity that's going on? There is a lot that's concerning me right now. And I'm still reeling, Dave, from the weekend after finding out that uh, Joe Biden coloring books showing him wrapped in a bath towel and sexy poses of Joe Biden is being sold on Amazon and, and Walmart stores websites to kids in, in, in coloring books. I, I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. He's in a bath towel? He's in, oh, you, Dave, you do not spend enough time on my Facebook page. That's what everybody is talking about. And it, this is, no, it's a coloring book for children, but it's pictures. It's called, uh, what is it? It's called Joe the Cool or what? What? Go to my Facebook page. I'm going to see if I can. Yeah, look it up. If you go to my, my Facebook lap, page, Joe. Dave, and, and it's a, it, they, they've buffed up. Um, they've made this cartoon character out of Joe Biden, but he's a real buffed up superhero looking guy. Hot, hot and he's re- it's in, yeah, hot tub of Joe or <laughs> hot, hot cup, cup of, of Joe. Joe. Yeah. H O T T. And that's a kid's coloring book. And he's laying across the floor with a bath towel wrapped around him. And, and that's one of a number of poses. And I'm just trying to figure out how that ended up getting in the Walmart, uh, website, in the the children's coloring book section and how it ended up being sold on Amazon uh, and why anybody would even think who's not a complete pervert. Why would anybody push something like that for kids to color in? Because nobody's got the, got the cojones to stand up against this. Why are we not hearing anything? We're hearing it right now on my show. Well, I'll tell you why we're not not hearing hearing it in Arkansas, because bought and paid for career politicians are bought and paid for by Walmart stores. If if you're running for office in Arkansas, you don't dare, you do not dare say anything negative about Walmart. You just don't. You say if you do, do say they'll put money up against you? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know as well as I do it, who who really runs this state, and it's uh, I, I mean the governor published the list on his page what two years ago. Um, it's Murphy, Stevens, Walmart. It, the list is it's very well known. It's out there. It's interesting that um, again that no one from the right, as far as I'm concerned, uh, although French Hill has stepped out and attacked some of the things coming from the left. Mm-hmm. But there is so much coming from the left, and the media covers it. I mean, I got a whole thing where you got all these uh, very famous female athletes now saying, well, of course men who identify as women should be able to compete against women. Well, I will tell you this. this, this I, I did notice stuff. that Senator Tom Cotton, he, uh, Tom Cotton was, uh, he. I saw him over the weekend uh, fighting back. So he's not being silent. I did see that um, on Fox so I think his was about the uh, education, wasn't it? Anybody see that on Fox over the weekend? Yeah, I think he was he was fighting back on some of the stuff being left out of the curriculum. So you know, but other than that, I haven't I haven't seen much happening. From I mean, the uh, left the left is trying to perpetuate them this myth that Louis Farrakhan <clears throat> is not a anti semite. Do you think any of this is going to calm down, Dave, after November? I don't know if it is or not. I'm beginning to believe that the Democratic Party has actually drank all the Kool-Aid and they they're actually ready to rewrite history in America. What do you think, Iverson? I think we're at the point again where we're we reached that tipping point of the Civil War and uh it is upon us. Now for for me I see the Civil War the, this 
civil war that we're in now is a spiritual war. But of course, you know, when you're dealing with people like that, they don't they don't necessarily understand that. But for us, it is a civil war. Now, that doesn't mean we just stay at home and on our knees. There are things that we do here in the natural, but we do have to understand that this is darkness and uh, that's what darkness does. What we have to do is to point it out to people what what they're doing and just get people's eyes open. Because when you got, I'm, I'm looking on your page now, Jan, this mm-hmm. Joe Biden thing, mm-hmm. and we all know this is not the way Joe Biden looks. looks. And this absolutely is, not. This is straight perversion. It is. Oh it my is. goodness! For children, I, so no, actually, they're, they're calling, it, they're calling so, it an adult coloring book. I think. Okay, what adult wants to? Color really? pictures of Joe Biden. So, so you know, and I've said well, maybe this, maybe this is a new left wing thing. I don't know. I mean, they, or they they get so adults get in, get you know, in, in rooms around tables and they give come out of the closet. and they have a big maybe mm-hmm. they have a big bowl of crayons in the middle and they and wait they till, you wait till you see so, them in a tutu. So yeah. I'm wondering, you know, everybody feels. I know that that millions of Americans feel that things are just that we're at a tipping point. That it's we're like a, a rubber band that is about just to, stretched so tight it's yeah. about to explode. And and different people, of course, that's why you cannot buy ammunition, uh, Dave. I don't know if you've tried to do that lately, but there, there, you cannot buy ammunition. It's hard to find any firearms because millions of people are buying guns and buying ammo. Even I buy from the largest supplier in America, and they can't, they can't even get it. The only place I'm able to find it. Folks, if you're trying to find some, don't even try reaching out to the large distributors because I've tried that. Uh, you have to find the little mom and pop stores who happen to have stockpiled some um, some entire and you know, nobody, thousands and, nobody and thousands knows about of rounds and nobody knows about them. Right. But you have to find them. They're in the little small towns. Mm-hmm. And when I put the word out on Facebook that I needed some nine millimeter and three eighty calibers, I mean, people started calling those mom and pop stores and helping me find them. But I'm telling you, folks it's hard to find and the reason is people feel like we're at a tipping point but what i'm wondering iverson and paul Mm -hmm. and dave i don't think it's going to be democrats and republicans at war i don't think it's going to be blacks and whites Mm -hmm. i i i think it's going to be this whole this whole marxist socialist Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be a cultural war between culture war between this two total factions it's going to be either liberty or or communism. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a war between ideologies. Yeah. It, it is. is. But yes. you, you mentioned burning Bibles. As we look back through history, every time you had a Bible burning campaign, you had a war. Right. You can, you war. Imagine, can you imagine if that same twit tweet it was a tweet, it was a tweet on twitter i try to stay off twitter tweet, but can you imagine if that had been a stack of qurans oh can you imagine yeah. the uproar i mean there would have been the, the a city big, the city might have been on fire after I, that yeah you're exactly right more so there would have been no there would have been ak-47s and and terrorists showing up well, shooting a bunch don't of people what they did to those uh, military guys who you know they thought they had uh, desecrated a quran and they're about mm-hmm. to put them court martial them Right, mm. you know our own own folks. Wow. They said they desecrated a Koran. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't handle it properly. You know, didn't put it in a white sheet when they walked across the floor with it. Mm. So yeah. now you can burn Bibles freely. What is that saying? So again, Jen, to your point, there are a lot of Democrat Christians, Christian people that are Christians that are Democrats. Mm-hmm. So I think they better wake up, or we better shake them again. And say, so who, hey, who was this? Was actually doing up. it? Was it Antifa or BLM, or who was it that was actually engaging in the? The Bible burning. I guess what did do we know? Portland? Was it in Portland that did that? I mean, do, do we know the group that did it, or was it just some 
crazed individual. No, I don't think it was it crazy. It, it was, it was but like, it burned the Bibles. It was in Portland. Well, uh, but, mm-hmm. but was it was it any, any particular group that took credit for it? Do we know? It, they, it was a video that was on uh, on the pages, and it was the folks that are out there protesting, whether that's considered Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or whoever it is. They're all together. They're, all they're together. lumped all together mm-hmm. right now. So the bottom line, this is what they all believe. They want to get rid of the church, man. They don't want the church involved in this. Well, I mean, it's, it, that's the thing is that it, we, we've got this government religion is what we're what we're ending up with is people people worship marxism or, or socialism or communism however you want to put it and that's more important to them than um well because marxism play, uh, replaces for them replaces god oh sure you don't you don't look to marxism communism socialism you don't look to god you look to them mm-hmm. they become the your creator your maker mm-hmm. your supplier all the things that we call the the father uh, Heavenly Father, that's what Marxism uh, says. That no, 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 no. You don't look to God. You look to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is that, that that people trust government to 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 be their end all, be all, and um, and government determines morality for yeah. them. There's an absolute inverted correlation between uh, when you look at the United States. When you look at as welfare increased mm-hmm. church attendance decreased well and it's well, always an inverse relationship well, and the thing is it's hard for um private charities churches mm-hmm. and wherever else to which com- should be doing the work to, of charity to, not government to, to compete mm-hmm. with government because the fact is that you know when you and i engage in charity we'll actually kind of pay attention to who we're helping yeah and if that person is just a deadbeat guess what they'll starve if we have you can't compete is because the church receives offerings the government takes your money right right and, and so right and, uh, so uh, uh, most churches ask for 10 percent, or many of them mm-hmm. ask for 10 percent. the government takes about 30 yeah so you like can't that. compete yeah, right. and, and you and the, the fact is 30 I, well, I mean, are you okay. kidding me? Mine's were like forty-five. Right? No, no. And, it, and for, for some of us, it's a, it's a lot more than that, perhaps. But and so the the, the the thing is, the, the so government takes it, like you said, Absolutely. and they don't ask for it; they take it. And if you don't give it to them, they shoot you. And their efficiency rate is what uh, only about fifteen percent, ten, ten, fifteen percent. Government, yeah. Becomes, oh, 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 right, right. You know, when they take in a dollar, only about ten percent of it gets to. Well, but you, but you, but you, but you, but you got to give um, your attorneys and and um, and all and the, the different the, agencies, right? All these right, different times and, and filters down to the end right. user. You know, you right. got a dime out of every right. Dollar. And so, and so the, the reality is, I would rather them set the money on fire. Well. Get about as much out of it. No, we get a lot more out of it because they're doing negative okay, stuff. Somehow with it. we moved away from this whole curriculum thing, and I'm probably responsible for that because I got us off into this whole it's, what kind of war are we going to have. But you know, Dave brought up the point about our school curriculums, and the bottom line, folks, regardless of what state you mm-hmm. live in, where city you live in. Parents are going to have to get more involved with their schools. They're going to have to pay attention to what their kids are being taught, Mm -hmm. and they need to get involved in the curriculum process. And thanks to coronavirus, parents are getting more involved. More than they want to be, I'm afraid. (laughs) But you know what? If there's one good thing that has come out of all that, it is that more parents are looking into homeschooling Mm -hmm. and looking into other forms of education Uh, besides just, you know, throwing your kids in a public school. I think that's a big silver lining to the coronavirus thing. Yes, I do too. I know my daughter's doing that now. She she started homeschooling. Really? Well, she's she not planning to do that. Uh, she says I'm not putting up with that. Right. You know, says there's just too much involved. It says this politics has gotten into the schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're teaching uh, 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 
wrong ideologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're uh, putting they're actually putting my kids. She said putting my kids at risk. Sure. And, and then with this pandemic, she says it's opened up my eyes, and she's actually gone in and and uh, gone through and researched homeschooling. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, you know how she is. She's, keep your she's, keep your keep your thoughts ready. We've got to get a break in because it's 21 after 6 already here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Those voices you're hearing, uh, Jan Morgan, Iverson Jackson, Wayne Beach, Paul Calvert, will be back with you in a moment. So will I. But traffic and weather, we've got to get it for you here on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, 25 minutes after 6, uh, Jan Morgan in studio, Iverson Jackson, Paul Calvert, Wayne Beach. Uh, a lot to talk about today. And uh, I got to tell you, the, the culture wars have been stoked to white hot now. They really have. Now that I see, uh, you know, um, state representatives in Illinois saying they need to stop, stop, not uh, go in and reform, but stop teaching history until they had gotten rid of all what they think is the bad history uh, that is being taught. And they're not being specific what that is. You all, during the break, were talking about talking to your friends who now are looking at homeschooling. But let me just say, as you look at people who who want to do homeschooling, there's going to be countless others that want to do homeschooling. But the teachers unions are going to fight this. They're not going to give up uh, having your kids and getting all the money that comes in. Uh, from kids that come to public schools, they're they're more than ready to fight this. Yeah, but they uh, may not there. get a choice. I mean, you you've seen it, Jan, at the state capitol. How how hard they fight against it. We can't get Republicans to back school choice half the time. You're right, and that's you know that's that's a Republican platform issue. The whole school choice issue. That's not that's a no brainer. So you're exactly right. What I'm thinking though dave is that you're going to see more parents getting involved now that they get a taste of how much better things are and i think that uh they're going to find creative ways and i I know as a matter of fact that some have already figured out for example parents who feel that they can't handle teaching their kids math but they can teach english and other subjects they're teaming up with other parents for years they've been doing this i I, I was homeschooled years ago for years but people who haven't been doing that right they don't don't, don't know about it so so, so the thing is there's there's a lot of parents out there that have various different um backgrounds that allow them to be to be pretty good at certain Mm -hmm. things i I remember back when i was homeschooling there was a um i think there was one mom who had a biology background so she did a biology class for some of us, um, I think um, we did a. I think some of us did a Spanish class. I think somebody did a um, a, um, a journalism class. Um, but the curriculum is so much better now uh, for homeschoolers. Oh, sure, and, and sure. All and, the, uh, right, and so the virtual stuff is stuff is available. Is so and, much more out there than when we homeschooled our kids. Well, I would be interested available. in seeing right now what the homeschool curriculum uh, business is like. I mm-hmm. bet that Abeka and some oh, of those yeah. others have really been selling a lot of curriculum. Yeah. Think about versus versus what you know. You used to get a big box of books. Mm-hmm. Now you get videos, or you just go online sure. and say, "Sure, so right. all those my, my daughter who's going to uh, uh, Emory Riddle Aeronautical School mm-hmm. there in Arizona." 
and she took some summer classes. Of course, uh, those were just virtual classes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Daddy tried because I, I mean, I stopped helping her with her math in the third grade. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, <laughs> they've got all these online resources now that you don't have to be a math whiz to teach your kids because mm-hmm. you've got people that are actually sure. there. You got chat rooms. You got all this interactive thing. What? So, so there's no. You and know, the cool thing, the cool thing about it is, parents can sit there right beside their kids and actually see what their kids are being taught. and learn themselves, right? Well, they're, and learn themselves. But the thing about public school, when kids go there, is parents can't go in many cases and actually observe what kind of garbage is being fed to their kids. Whereas with the homeschooling stuff, with even with the virtual online stuff, the parents can sit there and, and well, listen. They actually can. Right. Public schools, you actually can. Go. Sometimes you can. Yeah. Right. Actually, y'all hold, hold your thoughts. We're going to come back. We've got plenty of time to talk about that. But we've got all kinds of things that we got to get to, like the news. <laughs> that comes up right now here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Kenny Wallace is supposed to join us at 635. Going to talk about, did they really pull down that statue over the weekend? We'll hear about it. All right, we continue. 69 in Little Rock, 69 in Conway and Hot Springs, 68 where I'm at in Cabot this morning. Jan Morgan's in the studio along with uh, Iverson Jackson, Paul Calvert, Wayne Beach on the phone Kenny Wallace is with us. This was the weekend they were supposedly going to tear down the Confederate statue in front of the State House. By the way, I didn't give them any uh, free uh, publicity. I didn't get on my radio show and talk about it and, uh, you know, do anything about it. I knew that the state uh, police and the Capitol Police would keep that from happening. Kenny, you were there. You've got a lot of uh, video posted about it. Uh, Why don't you uh, bring us up to date and tell us what happened? Sure, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Saturday, I got there about 6. I I later on found out that there have been some folks that came there on at least 5 to 5.30 who had showed up there to protect the statue. They called their their group Arkansas Patriots. Um, They are on Facebook, and I... uh, they showed up at about about two, 150 to 200 people. A uh, few of them had long guns, and most of them had pistols. I had about three, two or three dogs and, and a bunch of Trump gear, American flags, Trump flags, don't tread on me, camo, and they surrounded the Confederate statue. Uh, okay. The Capitol Police had put up barriers uh, around the statue, those little metal barriers. They're about, oh, two feet tall. You you can't drive through them. You could hop over them, but they kind of they do kind of make it a little bit harder to for folks to you know get around. And so they had been put up, I think, the night before. But so those the Arkansas Patriots had surrounded the Confederate statue, and apparently they had they were there first. There were probably about two hundred to two hundred fifty police. There were a bunch uh, in front of the Capitol, right out there at the entrance. And they looked like they had the riot gear. And then there was also a bunch of Arkansas state troopers that were kind of between the Capitol steps and the Confederate statue, and then a bunch of other police that were uh, blocking entrances. Uh, you couldn't go drive from Capitol Avenue to the police uh, to the Capitol. You couldn't drive a Woodlawn. Uh, that's that street that runs in front of this Capitol. They had those little orange uh, barrier things set up so you couldn't get in from there. A bunch of the bikers had passed, uh, which I think was most of the Arkansas Patriots. They had part of their bikes over to the side. And then on the Capitol steps, you had at first maybe about uh, 50 or so, mainly white Antifa guys uh, and girls and whatever other gender they try to call themselves. 
at the Capitol steps. And for a little while, it was actually pretty quiet, neither when I showed up. I was there at about 6, and wasn't much talk from either side or even the police. And everyone just kind of stood around. Uh, and then at about... Because didn't, oh, they, didn't they, Kenny, didn't the uh, bikers and the people that were guarding the statue, the citizens, weren't they carrying rifles and openly carrying rifles and pistols yes yes now yeah. if you have so that's, their that's why nothing out. happened just so you know i just wanted to clarify that so go ahead. yes yes uh, yeah i mentioned before they had the long gun now they're supposed to have uh, the magazine out of the rifle but there have been protests done by black lives matter before where they had their magazines in and there were a few that had magazines in of course there were also pump shotguns and of course, that could be fully loaded. Who knows? But yeah, so the, so the state law it, it says that you can't carry a um, a firearm on the state capitol grounds loaded, um, but, which I think yeah. is a violation of the of the Second Amendment. But that is the state law, so they will, from what I understand, they will typically leave you alone if it's not loaded. Of course, and and well. Not, not having a magazine kind of indicates that it's not loaded. Of course, Which like state you said, law is that, Paul? Because I it thought it was five, in the Capitol. It's 5 Of course, seven, I knew you would know exactly the number. It's 5 73 122. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you there were a few magazines from their, uh, the Arkansas Patriot side that were in there. Uh, so, and mm-hmm. like I said, the police just didn't seem to care because they were more focused on stopping the riot. Uh, right. Anyway, at about six, I'd say 20 s or so, Kit Brown and about 25 to 30 more people walk up from the Capitol, uh, walk up from Capitol Avenue toward the, the, the steps in front of Wood Lane. Uh, and a few of them had their guns and they were, uh, they had their magazines in, so I assume they were loaded. And then yeah, Kit let me Brown let me let up. me stop you. Let me stop you. Kit is the guy that had the foul language video on Facebook about how he was coming to get a, get after the MFers, and you guys show up, and you're not going to be able to stop us. You will be going up against a bunch of girls. Is it right? <laughs> yes, it was Kit Brown. Yeah, yeah, and he he, he was the he was the supposed leader of this attempt to tear down the statue. Um, can I say something background. about Kip Brown, too, before you get into his background? He went way beyond, Dave, just foul language. What he did was terroristic threats. And oh, he, I agree. And, and mm-hmm. state police should have been sent to his home to arrest, to arrest him for terroristic threats because he threatened to bring firearms and that anyone who dared try to stop him and his buddies from taking down the Confederate statue, that those rifles and shotguns and pistols would be used. So mm-hmm. that yeah. is a terroristic threat. But doesn't someone have to file a complaint first before it becomes that? And then once they file a complaint, then they... they uh, I don't know that anybody has to file a complaint. This is no, a, I don't think so. It's, yeah, it's not, this isn't a... Um, this isn't one of those red flag type things. This well, is a- I tagged the governor in, it, in my post when I posted about Kip, and I said, Governor, what are you going to do about this? I, I think we need to send state police to this guy's house. Here's the video. There's the evidence. Arrest him. We need to make an example that this is not how you conduct a peaceful protest. You don't threaten people with firearms that you're going to shoot them if they try to stop you from, from actually committing a criminal act and tearing down state property. Yeah, and on top of that, he actually has a violent record. He was involved in, in uh, I think, two murders where he was a getaway driver. He served a few years and, I think, 15 months probation uh, for that. And I think he just got off probation, I'll say, last fall. 
And then I've, I've seen posts where there's an ID of him working for Entergy. Um, and other than that, he, he, he went to college in Pine Bluff, and he says he now lives in Little Rock. And so is he I haven't seen – yeah, so he's not supposed to have a firearm anyway. Um, and other than that, I haven't, I haven't really heard or seen too much of this guy up until this, recently with this event. Uh, but he just got on Facebook, and, and he has this. He supposedly has this group called Endangered Species, and it's like a branch of Black Lives Matter, I think. So he uh, considers himself a species of the human race, or, or, or I don't know. Or I, I forgot. I, in, no, I don't an know what it is. Species. Endangered species. Yes. So yeah. So, so anyway, so so he showed up, <laughs> and then what happened? Did they do anything, or did they just kind of? Oh. Well, Dance they around. started yelling then. That's when he had a little, he had a bullhorn and he started making his rants, and it was basically the same rants he did uh, on Facebook that he was going to tear down the statue, and he started referencing the Blue Lives Matter march and um, made a bunch of other. Uh, and I have, of course, the video of all this. And when he gets up there and, and with his bullhorn to yell, it, it starts. Uh, agitating the folks in the Arkansas Patriots and a few of them kind of yelled back and uh, for a little while there was a chant um, a chant contest Black Lives Matter versus USA and of course the USA chant won overwhelmingly and then they attempted to march toward the statue they got on Wood Lane Lawn and they started to march toward the statue and they got I don't know, maybe 10, 15 feet before the the, the police went out and stopped them. Um, and they had their fists in the air, and then he, Kit Brown basically punked out. He turned around and walked away, headed toward I-630. I was worried they were going to try to block the interstate because uh, Frank Scott Jr. gave them the blessing to do that uh, uh, several weeks ago, but they didn't do that. They kind of dispersed, and you know, went their separate ways. And as far as I know, they haven't, they have not vandalized either statue nor they vandalized anything else. Like they did when BLM marched uh, a few weeks ago, where they smashed a bunch of windows up and down Capitol Avenue and spray paints and places. Okay, I don't so think they've done any of that. So Kenny, the bottom line is when they did begin to march towards the monument, uh, the police that, presence that was there, whether it was state, capital, uh, you know, Little Rock police, whatever, uh, they did their job, stopped the people that were going that way, and uh, this group realized they were in the definite minority and decided to uh, leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's it. And I had the video of that, and I separated um uh, Kit Brown uh, punks out is the one where they walk away. The one right before that is the attempted march. Um, and those are the two main videos. Uh, on the Black Lives Matter side, there was one guy who ran for office, Dan Whitaker. He's attempting to run for U.S. Senate, although legally he's not able to because of the filing period's already passed. He's trying to do something, getting signatures. Um, and and I was able to chat with him for a little bit, but he's he's fully in support of Black Lives Matter. Didn't seem to care about the comments from Kit Brown. I talked to him about a few other things. Uh, I actually had to finish titling that video. And then I didn't. I asked and looked around, didn't see anyone else that was running for office or any members of their staff, which actually could be a bad thing for Democrats because Black Lives Matter. If you're not if you're not part of their cause and you're a Democrat, you could be seen as a traitor. 
that's that's kind of how their attitude is. Heck, if you even try to appease them and you don't appease them enough, you're seen as a traitor. They that's why they threw stuff at Frank Scott Jr. They attacked the. They've beaten up state lawmakers who tried to support them. So that was there. There was a guy. There was a guy there burning sage. I thought it was a smoke bomb when it first went off, but it was apparently some kind of sage. Uh, my favorite thing I observed is somebody had the staff of Gandalf out on the Black Lives Matter line. He stuck it in the Capitol grounds. Uh, he there was nobody cosplaying there, but. Uh, that he just kind of stuck that in the ground and had it, and he was definitely on their side. Uh, lots of other people did a live stream and film. Uh, so there was lots of Facebook footage before and after all this. Um, but fortunately, as far as I know, there wasn't any fights before uh, and after. Um, just lots of yelling at each other and then uh, what I call a nothing burger where Kit Brown just basically was, was forced to walk away. He threatened to vandalize the statue, said, you're going to have to be here and guard this every night. Um, but so far, uh, there doesn't appear to have been anything wrong or has happened. Paula okay. McCarty on Facebook wants to know, is Kit Brown still employed by Entergy? And I, I'm sure the reason she wants to know that is because, you know, if the tables were turned, as they were in Texas, where that um, the, a husband of a white woman simply asked a black woman who was attacking his wife, uh, he asked her, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And he ended up getting fired from his job. Wow. Remember that? Yeah, there does he lost yeah, there his does job. Yeah, there's a double standard. Uh, I, I mean, you look at the McCluskeys. All they did was bring out their firearms to defend their private property, and they're being charged and sued. Uh, unfortunately, later on, the charges are dropped. But right. you compare that to compared to what these BLM folks do. You, you, you know, let's not forget that they are able to assemble and protest. But if you try to uh, go to a church or run a business like a gym, in some cases, you're arrested because yeah. uh, you could spread the Wuhan virus and then try to get your hands on hydroxychloroquine. Uh, try to get that if you get sick with this stuff. Uh, so were all get... the protesters wearing masks, the protesters and the people um, defending them? I believe them. most of them were. Kit Brown was not. They certainly weren't social distancing. They were as close as you possibly could be. And so uh, I call them Wuhan virus redirection devices because that's what really masks are. All they do is they... You mean the China they, virus, they, they, don't you? Uh, uh, Wuhan virus, globalist virus. China virus. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many different what, things to call it. <laughs> well, uh, no, but the president says it's the China virus, and I agree. So so I, heard, I saw something kind of <laughs> kind of neat here recently. That you know, if if the police come in and try to shut down your church services, what you should tell them is, "Well, we're rioting for Jesus." Yeah, everybody, everybody, hold your thought, Kenny. I got to ask you, hold your thought. I got to get another break in. Last break for this hour. We'll be back. Kenny Wallace is with us. He was at the protest <laughs> yesterday. The statue still stands here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, eight minutes until 7 o'clock. Kenny Wallace is our special guest right now. He was present uh, yesterday there in front of the Capitol. There was a group of Black Lives Matter uh, offspring, evidently, that had threatened to tear down a a statue. Uh, A lot of people who didn't want to see that statue torn down appeared as well as uh, police officers, and it did not occur, although he has threatened that they'll do it some other night. 
Uh, as soon as they show up, other people are going to show up. It, it doesn't take long to get that going. I, I remember back uh, when uh, the Gulf War got underway with uh, George Bush uh, Jr. that uh, the groups against it were threatening to meet at the uh, uh, Vietnam uh, Memorial and were going to deface it. And myself and uh, Nick Bacon showed up along with uh, several hundred of our friends, and th- they decided to move on. I mean, that's that's what needs to happen. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line. Go ahead. Yeah, these people are bullies, and when you when you, when you stand up to them, was what should have been done uh, when they first started in Minneapolis. Uh, <clears throat> they go away, uh, and I'm, I think they had another march up in either Zinc or Harrison, Arkansas, uh, on Sunday, and I think it was pretty much the same thing. Uh, they tried to show up and I don't know vandalize or do something, and a bunch of other counter protesters showed up and they just became a nothing burgers again. Um, but yeah, just a matter of people showing up, taking some time off their Saturday weekend to get involved. Uh, as the election comes up, we'll need to get more people involved in stopping this. Um, close to the end, right after they had stopped the march, they had, you know, they kind of had a little bit of, I, after I interviewed Dan Whitaker, I talked a little bit with a the group. They're called Arkansas Patriots. They said there were other groups among them. There's a group called the Highwaymen, which has protected uh, statues across the nation and supported and also supported Trump. Uh, and it's all, mainly all kinds of folks. There was a big black guy that was on the uh, side of protecting the Confederate statue. He was one of the organizers there. Um, lots of other folks from all over the state, maybe a few from out of state uh, showed up, but uh, they got coordinated. It looks like they're going to be, you know, this looks like something that's probably going to happen for at least the next few months as, of course, Soros is funding this Antifa BLM movement to try to cause, stir, cause problems across the nation. Um, of can course, I interrupt the campaign you right there? Can I, can I add something to that? See, here's the problem. Sure. Soros is funding Antifa and the and the and that whole movement that is trying to destroy America and destroy our property. Taxpaying citizens are funding a government that is supposed to be protecting it. And that's what's upsetting is that our side, we shouldn't have to go and put our lives on the line and stand in front of statues that we are paying our government to have police departments and military to protect our things. That and, that's, and that's frustrating. That's the point that I brought up, Jan, early on in our discussion today, and that is why right now the the our uh our government controlled by the Republican Party. Why are they not standing up and and uh, saying this will not happen? Did because the gov- they're did afraid. The governor, did the governor make any statement about this? <laughs> not that I know. Not of. really. I, I tagged really. him. I tried He's to a- call him out on it. I said, please do something about it. But when Kip Brown first made his ridiculous threats on social media, and that was what, Thursday or Thursday, earlier in the week, and I tagged the governor right there, I said, Governor, uh, you know, this, you need to, this, state police need to arrest this guy and charge him with terroristic threats. We need to nip this in the bud now. Uh, And there should have been a strong statement. To me, it would have been a great thing for our leadership to step up to the plate as soon as that started, the, the whole threat thing started, and stood up and said, look, 
uh, we're not going to have this in our state. Nobody, nobody's going to come into our state and start tearing down our statues. If you have a problem with statues in our public uh, squares, in our on our government property, then you can come and talk with us, and we will address this in a civilized manner. But we are not going to have a process to do that. There's a petition process you can do that. Sure, there is. Yes, and that's Uh, how you handle that. you know, the marches should have never happened. They should have been stopped in Minneapolis with the National Guard. They should have been stopped here before happening in, in the National Guard. But uh, Frank Scott Jr. appeased him by letting them block I-630 and then tried to march alongside with them. And that's when they tried to smash a bunch of windows there. And, and uh, yeah, ACES also appeased him with the stupid little race task force where we've already forced one person to be removed. Uh, Velasquez because she was a supporter of uh, defunding ICE and it defunding is, the police. It's but not just ASA. It's, it's Republican governors across America are are, yeah. are not stepping up and, and taking a strong stand and showing Democrat governors and other leaders across the nation how this is how Republican-run governments prevent things like this from happening in our state. Exactly. We have a exactly. different approach to protecting our property and protecting our citizens, and we're not going to have our cities burned down, and we're not going to have our businesses, their windows bashed in, and we're not going to put up with this behavior. That's not. There's nothing peaceful about it. Let me interject something. Exactly. Did, Kenny, did you did you notice the same thing I did? Twenty uh, seconds. Pardon me. Yeah, I got twenty. He got twenty seconds. Okay, seconds Wayne, did you notice? Know, uh, did you notice know, yeah. the Little Rock police wasn't around? Right. Uh, I think there may have been a few of them, but uh, you can look at the video and see. Anyway, you can check me out on Keep Arkansas Legal, YouTube, YouTube, Gab, Parlor, Gab, where I post updates on events, of course, Facebook Live, uh, and just follow what's going on. But anyway, that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and no problem, otherwise, you all have a great day. All right, Kenny Wallace, we'll let him go. State Senator Jason Rayford, Christian governor. Not governors, but Christians who have formed up as uh, representatives are getting ready to speak out on this stuff. We'll see what Jason Rayford has to say, State Senator, when we return on the Dave Ellswood Show. After seven, we move into our second hour. Power panel is in the studio. If you look on uh, your uh, Facebook page for Dave Ellswick Show, if you're watching, there's uh, Jan Morgan sitting in my seat, and then across the way is Iverson Jackson at the far end, and Wayne Beach <laughs> is in the middle, and at the very uh, near the camera. Uh, is Paul Calvert on the phone with us right now, State Senator uh, Jason Rayford. And, Senator, how are you feeling? I am feeling much better, Dave. I'm very, very grateful to be back in the saddle again. And uh, I think uh, all the people that have been reaching out, people have been very kind to reach out and encourage us. And uh, I'm pneumonia-free. I've got a clean lung x-ray, and I was given a 
what what is probably a rarity right now, which is a clean COVID test. Thank God. Okay. And uh, it was quite an ordeal, but uh, you know I've put at length my comments, and Capital View carried my comments that talks all about the details of that, and uh, a lot to talk about as far as patient rights and some of the mishandling that's been going on with this whole issue. But for right now, I'm just glad to be healthy and have gotten through this and uh, feel very sorry for some some of the families that have lost loved ones. And obviously, Herman Cain died while I was in the hospital. Yes. Yes, and uh, one thing I will say, I know we're going to talk about Christian lawmakers today, but one thing that you've heard me address, I am just amazed at the audacity and the evil in some of the leftist hearts uh, they poured in on me with a barrage of, of death wishes that it would be a dividend for Senator Rapert to die, to teach the Republicans a lesson. Now, these are things they put in their own words. They uh-huh. wrote them, and they even called me and left messages of that sort. And so it was what it, all it did for me, Dave, you know me. The best uh, defense is a good offense, and when people start telling you they want you to die, that makes you want to get up and fight just a little bit harder for where I come from. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm with you. There's some sweet people out so, there, aren't there, Jason? So, State, State Senator, do me a favor. You are going to be part of the charter meeting of the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. When is this going to take place? What is the background of this organization? Because... You know, we need this. I mean, during the during the Revolutionary War, uh, pastors stood up and uh, aligned themselves with uh, the uh, the patriots back in that day. It, maybe it's time for the pastors to align themselves with the patriots of today. They they pastors it, it, were the cause of the of the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, you're exactly right. As a matter of fact, John Jay who was the first Supreme Court Chief Justice, said, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. And what's been happening in this nation now, at least since 1962, well over 57 years, has been an all-out assault on goodness and righteousness in the country, It started in 62 when they went after prayer in schools. It then was in 63 they went after the Bible. 73, they opened up and unleashed the murder of innocent unborn children. And now if you even go to the Bible, David, you know you can't find a scripture which relays that any civilization killed 60 million innocent little babies in mother's wombs. This should make us shudder in this country for what we've allowed to have have happen. I believe it's what I call a false god to abortion that has been raised, that people have been forced to try to bow to, just like Nebuchadnezzar forced them to bow to a false idol in Daniel chapter 3. And then you go to 15, you go to the assault on marriage. Then you go to the assault on the Ten Commandments, which is part of the moral and historical foundation of this country. It has been an onslaught, and where we reached Where we're now at, Dave, is that people finally, and unfortunately, but finally have said, enough is enough of this. We are seeing evil on the streets of Portland, Oregon, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago, Seattle. 
We've even seen them burn the U.S. flag right here on the front steps of the Arkansas Capitol, burn down the Arkansas Pharmacy Association, stand on our steps and say things that you would never say to anybody. And it's gotten to this point. And so the 50,000-foot level to bring you in on where we're at, over the last several years, I began to talk with leaders around the country and these other groups that I work with, and we begin to visit. And I ask the question, why has there never been a National Association of Christian Lawmakers? Nobody could give me that answer other than the fact it just never happened. There was a National Association of Jewish Lawmakers, but never of Christian Lawmakers. And so what we have done, those of us that are elected officials that have been involved in many of what is called paralegislative organizations that just knit you together for work across the country, we said we want to build an organization that absolutely discusses and debates the major policy issues of our nation and recommends model laws, model resolutions, and model statutes that incorporate a biblical world view. And so we commenced. It was announced in 18 uh, and 19. It was incorporated. And this year is when it launches fully off the ground. We were literally going to be at the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. for this event, but the COVID issue came. And so where are we at today? I have a very strong national board of advisors. This meeting starts tomorrow. And, of course, it's smaller than it would be under normal situations but we have leaders from all over the country, even Alaska, flying in to be a part of this historic meeting. I have 22 confirmed state chairs as of this morning, and probably by tomorrow this time, I will have 25 state chairs. The 22 states that we currently have currently represent over 160 million U.S. population. Those chairs are elected state leaders in their states, and that is nearly 50% of the U.S. population. In fact, I've got six out of the top 10 population states that are part of this. And I'm saying this, Dave, to encourage you, because you and I have been around a long time watching what's going on. Yeah. And it's been disappointing. But I'm telling you right now, I am absolutely encouraged, because while all these leftists and these crazies are tearing up these streets, we've been knitting ourselves together, and we are determined that it is time that Christians run for every single elected office in this nation. The Bible says the people rejoice when the righteous rule, but they groan when the wicked beareth rule. Mm-hmm. And it is time that we turn this around. And I'm not preaching theocracy here. I'm not preaching you've got to go all to the same church. But here's what I'm saying, is that we should stand for righteousness and against evil. And evil has been unleashed in this nation, and I've seen it face-to-face, you know that, and so have others. And I am just not going to sit here knowing that Ephesians 6 says that we are to put on the armor of God and to stand up for what is good in our country and in our world. I'm not going to do it. And so we formed together. The National Board, uh, we're going to be hearing from people starting off tomorrow night, Congressman Bob McEwen one of the strongest voices for faith in America. He's from Ohio originally. We have Dr. Richard Lee that wrote the American Patriot Bible. By the way, both of these men are on my national board. Uh, Dr. Richard Lee wrote the American Patriot Bible that so many people use. He'll be speaking uh, Wednesday morning to kick us off. We also will have Andy Andrews, 
best-selling New York Times author. Uh, Andy Andrews wrote the book How to Kill 11 Million People. It's one of the most powerful pro-life books ever written. And in addition to that, we've got the 22 state leaders are planning to be there. If they can't be there in person, we will have them by Zoom link for the official kickoff of the meeting, excuse me, the official kickoff of the National Legislative Council. So what will happen is that these state chairs that are governing the body will see over the operation of the legislative portion of this. Of course, there's a whole lot of details we could talk about that, but the bottom line is is that you have committed Christian leaders. I can, I'm excited because I've got Senator Livingston in Arizona. I have Senator Kathy Chisholm in Mississippi, Senator Mike Azinger in West Virginia, Representative Reggie Stoltzfus in Ohio, Representative Stephanie Barowitz in Pennsylvania, Representative Mark Pearson in New Hampshire, David, and I have Representative Vicki Strong in Vermont. And what I'm telling you is that there are Christian folks. They may be a small voice in some of their areas, but they have decided they're not going to be silent in the face of evil anymore. And this is the essence of what NACL is about and what we're doing. And I'm very, very excited about it. If you were sitting with me in my dining room, I've got my hand raised because we've got to take a break. And then when come, <laughs> so when we come back with Senator Jason Rapert, uh, he can tell us where is this meeting going to take place at? Is it going to be virtual? Is it going to be in a, you know, a, a place? And uh, we can talk to him further about this organization. Iverson Jackson with us, Jan Morgan, Paul Calvert, Wayne Beach. I'm Dave Ellswick. It's the Power Panel on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we're going to get back with our discussion in just a moment. I need to remind you about PI Roofing. They came out to my house Friday. Uh, I've been waiting for them to get out. Uh, we've got a leak uh, over our bedroom, and uh, we could see it in the ceiling. We got some discoloration there. They came out this uh, last Tuesday, figured out what was the problem, uh, put down some uh, material to keep any kind of rain that might have occurred during the week. Uh, from getting into the house and then fixed it on Saturday and did a fantastic job. Uh, You don't have to worry about social distancing with the guys. They go out, they do their job on your roof, and uh, after they're done, they rang my doorbell. They were standing 15 feet away from the front door when I opened it and said, uh, work's done. Uh, Bill be coming from uh, the, you know, the the office at home. So thanks for letting us uh, work with you. I thank them profusely so now i know my house is uh, is watertight again and that's exactly what the folks at pi roofing are good at your roof is your last defense against the elements outside let them make sure that the elements stay outside and you stay dry inside uh you want to call 305 uh, uh i'm trying to think of their number right now it just blew up past my mind anyway pi roofing.com pi roofing dot com is the number to call or or the the uh, place to go on your uh internet is piroofing.com they can get everything set up for you social distancing all of that taken taken care of it's definitely a monday my tongue not saying what my mind is thinking and we're back with you now <laughs> in the studio uh with our uh, power panel but we've got jason rapert online he's a state senator here in the state of arkansas jason you said this cr- this group is going to get together 
Is that happening here in Little Rock? Is it happening in D.C.? Or is it just happening virtually? How is it all going to come down? Yes, David. Good question. The original intent, we've been very gracious to have favor with the Green family, and we were set up to do this at the Bible Museum, which was very symbolic, obviously, to be right there at the Bible Museum. But obviously the COVID issue totally destroyed that opportunity. So where we're meeting is we we have been gathering and people have been registering now for several weeks. We will be gathering and meeting tomorrow evening. It will open up in Destin, Florida. Obviously, it is a private meeting. As you can imagine, uh, we've got the national antichrist groups and the atheist groups that are absolutely throwing a fit because they do not want us to organize together in this way. They, they're fine with us to have prayer meetings, and you know prayer meetings are powerful. They underestimate them, but they're not so happy with the fact that we actually are intentionally uniting together. <laughs> and so, right. so they, they have put out a lot, so we have security and have a private event uh, for all of the Christian lawmakers as well as Christian leaders that are coming together. And it's the board is, is, a, is a diverse group, too. The national board, in addition to the lawmakers themselves, as I mentioned, you got Governor Mike Huckabee. I think I mentioned him. He is our keynote for the Wednesday night to close it off. He's been with us from the start. Uh, Alan Parker, uh, the Texas mm-hmm. Justice Foundation. What's interesting about Alan Parker, Dave, is he is the man that represented Norma McCorvey, In all of her litigation trying to overturn Roe v. Wade, she was the Jane Roe of Roe v. Wade. I mentioned already Congressman McEwen. We have Tony Perkins with the Family Research Council. Tony said when we launched the event, the entity, this is an organization whose time has absolutely come. It's time for this very focused unification of believers in the country because the the pendulum has swung too far. We've got Rod Martin as well on there. Janet Porter, who is the breath of the heartbeat bill. Of course, I met Janet when I ran the heartbeat bill in 2013. We have Timothy Barton, who is the son of Dave Barton, who's the president of Wall Builders out of Texas. Andrew Womack. I bet you know Andrew Womack, Dave, out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yep. Andrew Womack is the man who they just did a cease and desist order on their church out there a few weeks ago. I've already mentioned some of the others, and a lo- couple, a local person that I want you to be very proud of is Pastor Happy Caldwell with Channel Twenty Five. Great man, He's also part of that group. He's a very good, very good man, and so this group is coming together literally tomorrow evening. You'll find it interesting, the leftists, aside from all of their death wishes, uh, they thought it would be wonderful to call Hilton International and try to get them to ban me from attending the, my own conference. <laughs> so it's, wow. it's, been it's, quite a, it's been quite a ride, <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, uh, I, again, we don't have time here on this program to go into some of the unique things that has occurred that they have tried to stop this meeting. And and I'll just tell you this, what's wonderful about this is that it didn't take me long to find the people that's out there that's ready to take the stand. You know, that's the thing I think sometimes people think, and I heard some, some of the discussion while we were waiting, somebody mentioned, and they're absolutely right, it grieves me so much that we have, of course, these numbers have changed slightly, but some of the last presidential election, we had some 80 million evangelical Christians self-identifying in the country. Only half of them were registered to vote, and only half of them would even show up to vote. 
And what I've been saying from pulpits and when I speak to people is that you have to act. Genesis one twenty six through twenty twenty eight says that God wanted to give us dominion and authority over everything in the earth. And we've just flitted that away. We've thrown that away. And now we've got situations where people are fearful. You're hearing people in Chicago, I heard a Hispanic man, afraid for his family. They wouldn't even, he, he's having trouble getting a permit for a pistol to protect his family. Mm-hmm. And then I hear in Minneapolis in the news, they've just said that it would be best for you to be prepared to give up your property Unbelievable. That is so unbelievable. So they didn't suggest that they should arm themselves. They suggest that they should just capitulate. Right. So so the government takes their property and takes their guns and tells them they can't arm themselves. And then they suggest, you know what? In addition to us taking your stuff, you should probably be willing to give it up to the criminals, the other criminals. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm telling you that I'm I'm, my voice has been clear on this in the past very several days for sure. And I'm telling people, and I'm telling the people in this state right now, and this goes for that crazy Kip Brown and that whole bunch that's been down there hollering at our capital. You have no right to stand up and say the things that he says and to castigate the people of this state and the things that we believe in. And I've communicated this with Governor Hutchinson. He knows my feelings. They were prepared for what happened. And thank God all those good folks came out from Arkansas to take a stand. But I'm telling you this right now. We're not having it anymore in this country. You've gone too far. We've been patient with you. But no more. We're getting ready to right the ship in this nation. And it's going to be good people that's doing it. Because I want my grandbabies and my children and all of your families to have peace and quiet and be able to have the pursuit of happiness that our founding fathers wanted. And I happen to know, and I know the scripture says, that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the only way that's going to come to fruition is when you have godly leaders that are in control of these uh, state houses and in control of these county courts and in control of these city councils. Senator, I got to jump in. We got to get a break. Can you stay around with us for a few minutes? I'll do one more round, and then I've got to go. Okay. Rush Limbaugh is next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Then we'll return with Power Panel, Senator Jason Raper. All right. We're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks to Rush for joining us this morning, as he always does. And then uh, to the people who support this show, we thank them also. Joining us uh, on phone is uh, State Senator Jason Raper. The power panel is in the studio. Guys, I'm going to let you get a couple questions in in a second. Let me first say uh, uh, for the State Senator, how can the people who are listening to this broadcast today be a part of this? Is it going to be that they can do it live? Or are you guys going to produce something for uh, later? And uh, are people ever going, are going to be a part of this organization can they get to be part of it yeah by the way i just as you asked this question it just popped up the personal video greeting from tom cotton uh, who is not going to be able to be there personally but wanted to address the entity as well i want to thank senator tom cotton for taking a stand for christian values but the as we discussed uh dave the because of the uh, intended disruption, we are not going to have a Zoom situation like that. 
So what we've done is we have a professional audiovisual uh, company that is going to be capturing everything in the event, and it will be put together that we can then replay and make available for people to go and watch those proceedings. It will include panels. We have panels with religious liberty experts. In fact, this morning, uh, there's so many good things happening right now. Matt Staver with Liberty Council called me and let me know he is joining the National Board of Advisors. He sees how important this is. And, of course, he is a great fighter for religious liberty around the country. And so we're going to have that available for people recorded. Uh, Now, obviously, our state chairs from some areas, which literally have been, you might as well say, banned from traveling to Florida, we are going to have them as a, a part of that and a special link for them on Wednesday afternoon. But we will make that available. How people can get involved, if, if you are an elected official, what I invite you to do, in fact, if they went out to my Twitter, David, uh, Dave Ellswick, if you went to the Twitter, you'll see an Eventbrite link that I've been sharing on that Eventbrite link, you obviously may not be able to register and come to Destin to be a part of the meeting right now, but there is a link that allows you to become a member, a charter member of the entity. So any elected official, there is a, a, a membership for that, pers- that, that particular sort of person, but we also have what we call an armor bearer because one of the greatest things it naturally occurs wonderful pastors and wonderful Christian people that say, look, I want to support what you're doing and want to be counted as part of you. And so there is a link there on that Eventbrite, which actually was kind of nice because you get to kind of see a lot of what's going on in the meeting. But if you go to the ticketing part of it, you can actually become a member right there on that Eventbrite link. The other thing that we had set up, of course, is that we've used crowdfunding for sponsorships, Alliance Defending Freedom is sponsoring us for this meeting. First Liberty out of Texas is sponsoring us for this meeting. Pinsmore Foundation is sponsoring us for this meeting. And I could go on and on. There's some others. And so what we know is that basically we're creating the largest paralegislative organization in the country that is specifically going to address things from a biblical worldview. Another sidebar to that, I know your power panel is with you and they understand politics. Another sidebar is to that is that we are pulling together a completely separate entity, C4, part of this that will fund candidates all over this country. We don't want one seat to not have a Christian that is vetted and spirit-filled and willing to take a stand and not bend that's running for these offices. All right, let me let me jump in and turn it over to the power panel. Iverson, any questions that you have? Yes, sir. That that's part partly what he just said, and, and that's how will you have that vetting on uh, on your website or somewhere if someone's running for office, where we can look and see, um, you know, if they people say they're a Christian because they want your vote, but how will that be structured so I'll know uh, in, in some kind of way that they're a Christian? Pledge. They'll have to sign a pledge. You, you, if you can't right. sign a statement of faith and sign a pledge, then, you know, you're really not worth the paper you're writing on anyway, aren't you, Iverson? That's you know exactly that. Right. I know who you are. Would that be something, so, would, would they have to say, you know, maybe where they go to church and who their pastor is? Because if someone comes to me as a pastor, I want to know, first of all, who's their pastor? Yeah. Obviously, this is where our, your state leadership becomes so key. Yeah. And so we're we're networking in the ways that you would think, Iverson, to mm-hmm. make sure that we know who it is. There you go. But when, that, when they read the statement of faith and they read the 
the pledge, they're not going to sign that if they don't. <laughs> when they sign it, they're signing up on a very stout approach to to our our positions on the issues. And, and, and I'll just tell you a couple of those. Number one, no way are we bending on life from conception and protecting life Amen. in the overtime of Roe v. Wade. No way are we bending on marriage between one man and one woman. That has been one of the most evil things that's been unleashed in this country yes. that's upsetting the bedrock of the nation is the diminution and dilution of the American family. And we know that God created man and woman, and they were to be joined together. And look, I don't hate anybody. I don't want that. I want to make to put that caveat here. And you know my heart, Iverson. Mm-hmm. I don't hate anybody. No. But what it is is we're standing up. God is the standard here. And there's a standard of holiness that has been let go in the nation, and it's permeated. And this is where, when I covered a few weeks ago on my Facebook Live, I did a, a, a discussion of the 45 communist goals to take over America. 38 of them have been accomplished, and many of those goals had to do with things that went against righteousness and goodness in the Bible. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, the Democrat Party in this nation has been responsible for executing many of the goals that they were able to achieve. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. Jan, question? Yes, Senator Raper, we're so glad you recovered from COVID-19, and I love what you're doing with this uh, organization. I even have another suggestion. Just like the NRA actually gives ratings and scores to, to people who say they're Second Amendment, but then they, you know, how they vote, it's different than what they say they are. You know, I think it would be awesome to be able to have a rating system so that I could look at legislators who are in your organization. But how did they vote? Just because you say you're Christian, did you vote, you know, supporting religious liberty? Did you vote for uh, against, you know, Planned Parenthood? Did you vote for life? Did you vote uh, for school choice? Any any religious related vote and there are plenty of those out there and by the way congratulations on getting alliance defending freedom that is a big get yeah they're very good and all of those are good suggestions as a matter of fact as obviously it's it is exciting to be a part of a standing the organization up and so we're at the point where you know there are 7,383 state legislators there are 535 at the federal level there are over 39,000 county electeds. And I want to tell you, God gave us something when, when, he, when he helped us steer to the lawmakers in general rather than just focus on a tiny segment. That's where we've missed it. We haven't built the bench in this nation so that we've got people to come in there and run for those offices as they progress in their political careers. And so we've reached down, and we're capturing in that local, state, and federal level so your 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 encouragement there is well taken, and it's definitely something that is a, a vision for us. Uh, the other thing I will say, Jen, I haven't talked to you in a long time, and I know you visited with me a few months ago at the Capitol when we ran into each other, but I did see your comments on what's going on with this disruption and these, these threats being made in our state from these folks wanting to tear things down. And I do want to give you credit and say thank you for that. Um, I appreciate you raising your voice on that and that's something we all have to do you know right now in america christians and republicans we need to get together the enemy's not each other the enemy are these people out here that want to tear this nation down that's right and do away with our way of life and so for as for me 
I'm with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> if you're with me more than half the time, I'm with you. And there may be a time or two where we disagree on certain points, and I get that we're human beings. But I want to tell you something. If we don't stand right now, these people literally have taken up weapons against this country. Mm-hmm. Yep. They've taken up arms against our federal government. Yep. And those, ar- those arms, those threats that they're making, they're not something off in the wild blue yonder. They're right here. In fact, this morning, I sent Rafael Cruz, who's Ted Cruz's dad. He's my friend. I found out that Ted is doing a, uh, a program on the Antifa movement. Dave Ellswick, I can send you the written threat they've sent to me that they presented me last fall where that a person wrote they wanted to come and eat me alive in front of my family, if you can believe that. So yeah, go ahead. They said they had, go ahead and forward they said they had groups. They said they had groups that were planning my demise. Now, I'm telling you. I ain't scared of none of them. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. But what what they what they would mean to do though is to put fear into people, and I know that Miss Morgan has had some of that too. Mm-hmm. And the deal is, is I'm not living like that, and I'm not going to let that stuff go. Those people need to be highlighted and be accountable for their actions. So, Dave, you've spent a lot of time with this topic today. I appreciate you, and I just encourage people to go follow uh, the different social media links. National Association of Christian Lawmakers is easily found. It's just a splash page for now. It's ChristianLawmakers.com, and right. and there will be more information coming soon. So, All right. Thank you very much, uh, State Senator Jason Rayford. I promise i let you go after this segment. We will do so. Uh, send me that information from Antifa. I'll be happy to read that on the air, no doubt about it. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll you. take a break. When we come back, uh, Jeff Mitchell has called in. And, Jan, I understand this is someone that, that you suggested. Yes, call the show. yes. He did. He made a comment in our Facebook thread, and he actually was at the uh, protest and had some words with Kip Brown. And I said, we want you to call in and tell us how that went. So okay, after we'll the talk break. About that. Yeah, we'll talk about that after the break. Uh, let me just say, if we don't nip this in the bud, and we haven't, if we don't nip this in the bud, this, they will only become more emboldened mm-hmm. and, and try to do things uh, to disrupt this country and to uh, disrupt the lives of, of citizens of this country. With that in mind, uh, let's get our final break in, then we'll be back to finish it up for this hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue the Dave Ellswick Show. Our thanks to State Senator Jason Raper for joining us on very short notice. He sent me a, a, an email. He'd been listening to the show this morning and wanted to get involved in the discussion that we were having. And we'll continue this discussion into the next hour. But uh, right now, I want you to be uh, you know, ready for our uh, next guest who's calling in. Uh, he was posting on uh, the Facebook uh broadcast going on and uh, evidently uh, you asked him to call in Jan so yes I did go ahead yes I did because going back to earlier in the program for those of you who are just now joining us we were discussing the protest and the threat by Kip Brown and Tifa Black Lives Matters to tear down the Confederate statue at the state capitol in Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, the group showed up, but when they showed up, there was a whole group of bikers and militia people and all kinds of citizens there with firearms 
standing guard in front of the statue. And during the thread of our Facebook watch party today of the show, a gentleman came on and said that he was actually there and he had words with Kip Brown, who was the organizer who actually issued terroristic threats against any citizens who tried to stop him and his buddies from tearing down the statue. So I wanted to hear what those words were that were exchanged and, you know, from someone who was actually there besides just uh, Kenny, who was taking video. And this guy says he was there. So All it's right. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, come on in. Good morning to you. What uh, what what did you guys talk about? Well, actually, it was uh, more or less shouting at each other over a distance. <laughs> uh, that's why my voice is a, a little uh, hoarse right now, because um, uh, I was speaking at quite a loud volume level. <laughs> and he did hear me, though, and he did respond. Um, and uh, actually, uh, I told him, I'm like, you made a threat. You're threatening people. So here we are. So was did it ever get pretty dicey at any point where you felt like uh, all heck was going to break loose there? Yeah, there was one point where they had lined up across the street and started to march toward us. And I'm started going form up, form up. And then some of the policemen said, no, don't do that. And then they said, let us go ahead. And so we lined up in the street in front of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so are you with are you with a militia with an Arkansas militia? No, no, I, I'm not affiliated with anyone, actually. Okay. Uh, not yet. I may, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Thinking about it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I may change that. Day. Um, but it was. Uh, actually, they, I felt that. They were relying on intimidation. That's Barry, my dog. He was there with me as well. Oh, wow. So let me ask you this. So you were there as a, as a citizen, right, to just take a stand to protect the property, correct? Yes. That, but you yeah, said police were there also telling you all, don't do this, do this, do that. Uh, do you ever... How do you feel about the fact that you felt you had to go stand there and... and protect a statue that we're supposed to have law enforcement protecting well uh when it's our responsibility as citizens to when government fails us or refuses to do their job well we do it ourselves <laughs> and um and i actually made the point and i think they heard me because they all looked around i'm like uh we're we're Republicans and libertarians as well. We're protecting the statue of a Democrat. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's true. Well, it's true. So we're being a little more tolerant than you guys are. We're not threatening to kill anybody, you know. And so, uh, so you guys left, and now they've left. So, what if they come back and get to the statue before you all can get back up there to protect it? That's a very good question. Um, I would say put another one up. <laughs> okay. All they right. Take them well, we'll put another one right back up. Were you armed? Yes, I was. Open carrying? Uh, I was concealed, partially concealed carry. I had a uh, my 45. also had an AR-15, but since I had bear with me, uh, I actually left it uh, safe, in a safe spot. Right. Did, were police allowing people to um, open carry loaded firearms yeah, there? 
Yes, they were. Now, someone told me that uh, at first they were saying that you couldn't have, have your magazine in it. But from what I saw, people did have their magazines and their weapons. And nobody nobody did anything about that? No, no. They, they just uh, were doing their best to keep both groups separated. Because mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times while I was like having these exchanges, verbal exchanges with them, and they would say, hey, sir, you know, move back a little bit, because I was, as I was talking, I was, you know, drifting toward them. So so did you see anybody with Antifa or Black Lives Matters or the, the, whoever was the opposition? Were they armed as well? I did see uh, a few of them carrying AR, AR-15s, and one, I believe I saw one with an AK-47. Ooh. Yeah, and they started marching toward each other, and, you know, it started getting a little hairy there. Until the, uh, yeah. I think, till law enforcement got between them. That's yeah, there, there was one moment there we thought it was about to go on, and I moved, maneuvered myself over to the uh, away from the Capitol on the street next to where the trees are to uh, use that as cover. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, we really appreciate you calling in and and uh, telling us about this. Is yep. this the first time that you've ever gotten involved in anything like this? No, I was also at Richmond. On January 20th. Uh, Richmond, Virginia? Yes. Well, I was there, too. How about that? I was a speaker at that event, but I didn't see you there. But then there was, what, 50,000 people there? So I guess it's (laughs) possible that we could have both been there and not bumped into each other. I got to jump in and say, Jeff, thanks for calling in and and sharing with (laughs) us what went on over the weekend. We'll pick this all back up in the next hour. The power panel will still be in. Uh, no uh, special guests joining us, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about from this morning. And uh, and then I heard you talking during the break, Paul, uh, about the police officers in Conway. And uh, we talked about that on Friday on mm-hmm. my show with, uh, uh, of course, uh, Robert Steinbach and, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Con- uh, Cavett up there and uh, Corbett, Chris, Chris Corbett. Yeah, you know, Corbett, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. Okay, uh, because uh, I've seen a, a complete video of that, and I do not believe that th- this was anything Bob. close to the George Floyd situation. We'll talk about it when we get back on the Dave Ellswick Show. show right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. If you were with us this morning, because this is, of course, airing at 6 o'clock in the evening, 
Yeah, I heard uh, State Senator Jason Rapert. We've had other guests on as well uh, talking about what went down over the weekend, uh, the possibility of tearing down the statue in front of the Capitol. That did not happen. Uh, uh, State Senator Rapert was talking to us about a, uh, a new organization uh, that is forming up. Uh, of Christian legislators, and he talked about that. And uh, we've had uh, Kenny Wallace was with us, who was also down there this weekend, and we talked about that as well. A lot of things came out of that conversation, and as we're doing this uh, right now, I'm at my house. I've been told that i got to stay home by my doctor, and uh, I'm talking with the rest of the folks that are right there in the studio. And, guys, one of the things that have come up is – how few uh, of uh, people who term themselves evangelical because of either ignorance or uh, uh, either not understanding Scripture about what our responsibilities as Christians uh, are uh, when it comes to uh, political matters. Uh, we just don't get involved enough. Uh, in electing our representatives. And with that in mind, let me start this off with Iverson, because he's a pastor. And uh, Iverson, why do you think this is? Why is it? I mean, I remember when, uh, you know, the the moral majority was going during the Reagan uh, time. And uh, we're looking at that time, I think, about 70% voter turnout. How do we get that to happen again? And why isn't it uh, happening when you see that this onslaught of ungodliness. Yeah, two words, uh, fear and ignorance. I guess okay. Just, I, I, I put the, uh, the and in there. So, but mm-hmm. fear, and, fear and ignorance. And, uh, and let me take those in reverse. I've got right here in my hand, uh, these, it's called Documents of Freedom, Declaration of Independence, the uh, Constitution of the United States and George Washington's Farewell Address. And inside these these uh, three documents, you will not find the phrase separation of church and state. That's correct. And so many people still believe that that's in the Constitution. And that's where I mean by the ignorance and that separation of, of uh, church and state. And then the ignorance bring on the fear. If you talk about politics, you will lose your 5013C. And they fail to understand that the church is about. 1,700, 1,750 years older than the United States of America. And it's, uh, who, who, who do we work for? Who is our alliance to? Is it to the government or, or is it to God? And so pastors uh, have to stand up and be bold and say, you know, just preach the word. And if you, you, you'll find when you read the Bible all through from uh, Genesis to Revelation that men of God stood up. Uh, before wicked kings and, and wicked leaders and called them out for it and called the people out for them not for being silent and not taking a stand and allowing these things. Because according to the scriptures, if you are silent, then you are compliant with what's going on. And so as as pastors, pastors have to, as God told um, Job, gird up your loins. You know, pull your pants up, yeah, tighten your, your belt. Pull your pants up, tighten your belt, boy, and uh, and act like a man. And that's what, uh, you know, pastors and uh, my brothers in the faith or put your big big girl panties and on your, and, 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 and act like a woman. <laughs> so, 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 so I think uh, I think maybe part of the problem is that if you want to discuss righteousness, which is what I think discussing politics is, it's discussing it, it righteous is. behavior and, and and justice and morality. If you want to discuss this in church, I think it makes leadership uncomfortable because guess what when you discuss things that matter and that have an impact on people's lives 
and that are really relevant because people are perhaps participating in some of these things, it makes people uncomfortable, and they, the discussions sometimes Is get that part of getting right. It's, you have to you have to become uncomfortable before you make a change. Sure, sure. and there's there's that, but there's also there's going to be some some tense moments sometimes because the fact is that you know when you point out that you know you probably shouldn't have an abortion. That's wrong. Yeah, no, when you, you step on toes. Yeah, you yeah. shouldn't have. Yeah, but let's, or, let's just or, be honest or, or, or maybe here, you should raise your own kids. Or maybe you should do this, that, or the other because it's the right thing to do. Let's talk Absolutely. about these things. No. Why is it wrong for government to do this? Why should we not support government mm-hmm. in these activities? It's because we have a moral compass. Thou shalt not steal. Exactly. You should not kill. You should not – so, so many of these things, there's a moral – issue there that's why it's important yep. if it wasn't yes but it really goes back to the leadership of our churches because let's be honest and iverson you know this mm-hmm. a lot of pastors don't want to step on toes because of the bottom line which is <laughs> the dollar as you know it, it takes money to operate a church and if you tick of off money. the wrong makes, people makes perfect sense you're gonna make C- yeah that's C- exactly C- right c-e-n-t-s well, yeah. Yeah. well here's here and, and not to get into a, a whole nother side issue but if you build whatever you build something on that's what you have to keep it going with mm-hmm. so if you build it on money and uh, then you have to continue uh, uh you know bowing down to money mm-hmm. but if you build it on the word of god then you stay with the word of god and then you don't have a problem yes, well, and i think that's one of the issues i think with a lot of ministers is that they get themselves in debt they get themselves addicted to their to their funding source and mm-hmm. what, what do you do if you've got a, a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage yeah. and you've got kids in school mm-hmm. and you can't rock the boat because That's a dry cough. You're, I you're promise gonna, I don't have COVID nineteen. I mean, I think that's a, it's a bad position for ministers to get <laughs> themselves. <laughs> Dave, everyone's putting their masks on because I coughed twice. You know, it's terrible if you go to the grocery store and you sneeze. People look at you and they start running. It's just like <laughs> I'm sorry, we well, totally you, missed you guys, your no, conversation. Okay. No, you bring up a good a good point here, and and Iverson, uh, uh, I agree with you. I mean, you've got too many pastors that are worried about keeping, quote, the ministry going. The yeah. ministry is the gospel. That's, That's it. The, That is the ministry that you're dealing in. It's not how many children you have that show up on Sunday morning uh, for Sunday school. Now, that's important. Don't get me wrong. But what you're preaching, the truth of the gospel to people, is what's most important. And I think we've moved away from that at times. Yeah, you know, here, here's, here's, what, here's what has happened. The church no longer uh, is a body of believers. The church is the building, all the assets, and uh, all that type of thing. And that's when, you, when, you, when that's the church, then you have a problem. Here's something that I thought was really cool. You all may not realize this, but Mike Huckabee was actually my pastor at one time mm-hmm. at Beach Street First Baptist Church. And listen to what he did, Dave, to make sure that money didn't rule the the leadership of the church. He refused to find out. He didn't want to know how much people tithed, right. who tithed what. He didn't want to know the list of the top tithers. That way, he made sure that he, and when he viewed I, that's, you, that's it's, everyone is I the practice. same. Yes. Yep. Well, of course you do, because yep. you're a good guy. Now, I'll tell you, there is an exception to that. If someone is going to be a leader, then I check their given record. Because yes. you're not going to be a leader and require mm-hmm. of other people what you're not willing to do yourself. Right. But as far as anybody else, I don't want to. Or staff at the church. Or, or right. staff. Yeah, yes. And that's what I call a leader. So other than that, I don't want to know what you give. I don't know if you gave a dime, a dollar, or $100,000. Mm-hmm. So there were, there's no influence there. Yeah. The soul costs the same. 
<laughs> right. There you there go. There you go. That is. And so, so that's 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 a real, real big problem is when pastors, you know, when we say politics. I, the, the, the way I got involved in this whole thing, they was not I was not a political person, if you will. I was just simply preaching the gospel. Yeah. And in 2012, I preached the message where does God stand on the issues? And from that, I'm here, you know, <laughs> I'm here and there, but I've never changed anything or any way that I preach or think about any of it. So for me, it's just preach. what I'm doing right now is still preaching the gospel. I'm talking on this radio. But you're still you still are leading by example. You're you're showing the people of your church mm-hmm. that it's not enough to just be a man of exactly. God and to be in church. You are involved in the political process and in state government mm-hmm. in our state. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think if more pastors would be so bold mm-hmm. as to do that, like Senator Jason Raybert is talking about, we need more people who are Christians to be a take a bold stand for what is right and moral and yep. godly and just. Okay, so I agree exactly what you're saying, James. And what Iverson's saying and Paul uh, Iverson brought up part of it is ignorance. Part of it is fear. Let me give everybody a, uh, an inkling of that. Let me read one of the Facebook posts from Senator Jason Rapert's uh, uh, site. It says, I hope we'll be able to get to you sooner than later and kill you slowly by eating you alive in front of your family. Oh, wow. we're not We're not asking you to change anymore. We're demanding it. Your end is soon. Wow. So many organizations and freedom-fighting groups ready to take you way down. I would laugh as I eat your flesh right in front of your loved ones' faces. Can't wait. Uh, you have no idea how serious we really are. Oh, wow. Now, this is the kind of stuff that people are saying to elected officials and to people who are, are standing enough. up against mm-hmm. this stuff. Uh, you know, you got to bow up against this kind of crap. Oh, wow. Yeah, perhaps they are in fear. It and Senator like Raper does. You know, afraid. you got to give him that. That that guy has had every he, every time he takes a bold stand, like on the Ten Commandments issue, and on he he gets attacked like that. Yeah. And he has been. He just keeps coming back for more. And I really appreciate that. And I think if more politicians would do that. Yeah. You would you we would get more done. Yeah. So, so one of these things this just kind of brings up. Some, I was talking to a, a, a man the other day, and I won't tell you where what part of the state he was from, but he was mentioning that there was somebody that's making threats. Uh, why aren't these people being arrested? When you got people that are literally threatening to kill people, okay, Jason Raper sounds like he was literally threatened. Someone was threatening threat. to that eat him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, seriously. Well, you have to pursue it, but then you have to realize but, but, if it's a threat on social media, it's hard to trace it back. Maybe, but a lot of people they have their own personal name on their account, and so unless they're unless there's some reason to believe that this is a fake account or something. Oh well, who would do no, that? No, right. And some people, people account. but a lot of people are stupid <laughs> enough to use their own name and still make threats. True, and so. Uh, why aren't these people being arrested? You know, I can tell you, when I ran for governor a couple of years ago, uh, I got death threats. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and they were killing people all across Jan, America. Yes. I'm jumping in. you got to hold that. Okay. Um, we'll pick it up after we come back. Got to okay. get a break in. Let's do that. Eight, uh, it's uh, 14 minutes after the hour, so we got more to talk about. Stay with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Continuing with the Dave Ellswick Show. Now all the folks in the studio can hear me, so we're coming back on, guys. Uh, we got about nine minutes remaining here in this half hour. Let's uh, let's talk about Iverson yes, and uh, everybody else in, in the studio. I want to know what your thoughts are on getting the Christian majority in this country 
engaged in this election. If they would get engaged in this election, it becomes a no-brainer at the polls. So starting with you, Iverson, what do you say? I think they really have to understand that the that the left, the other side, they are not playing. They mean to completely uh, destroy our way of life. And if they want to continue to live life as a Christian, they better do something while they still have the chance to do something. Because if not, and the other side gets in charge, uh, and, and as I said last night, I talked about, not last night, yesterday at church, I talked about, you know, the Bibles being burnt, the police blocking uh, the church driveway so that people couldn't go to church, you know, telling the church they could only have 50 people in there when a casino can have 3,000 in there. <laughs> and these things, again, are happening in the United States of America. So if we don't do something while we have the opportunity to do something, then your whole way of life is about to change forever. And you may not ever get back to where, to where it used to be. So I think that's what they, they better realize and wake up and do something while they still have a chance. All right, before we get to the rest of you, Jackie Martin joins us by phone. Hi, Jackie. How you doing? Things going all, all uh, okay up there by the lake? Yeah, except this morning I'm in Georgetown, Texas, visiting my daughter. So okay. good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Um, I just wanted to opine, you know, I love to do that, um, on the reason why Christians are not engaged Um, we've become too prosperous, Mm -hmm. too fat and Mm lazy. And I don't know how you get Christians engaged. I've been working on it for the last 11 years. A lot of them are is ignorance of how they can plug in. Um, And others, I get told, well, we're living in the end times. And I think a lot of it, too, is what the Bible calls the great falling away when you mm-hmm. see mainline denominations such as Episcopalians, Presbyterians, soon-to-be Methodists, which I am one, um, are allowing things that the Bible calls sin to be okay and to ordain actively gay mm-hmm. uh, ministers. So there's a lot of factors that go into this, but the biggest thing that I have seen is they don't want their boats rocked. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to expend the energy, and everybody sitting at that table understands mm-hmm. that when you get plugged in and engaged in politics, it is very time-consuming. That's true. So, well, thank you, Jackie, for calling in and, and sharing that with us. I appreciate yeah. it, and I agree with you 100%. Okay, so Jan, you're up. All right, thank you, Jackie. Go ahead, Jan. What what do we do to get the uh, the religious right engaged again? Well, first of all, I, I want to say that I believe there are many Christians who use Christianity as an excuse to not get involved because they'll say things like, "Well, we are to live in this world, but we're not of this world." <laughs> and yeah, and and um, you know, Christianity and politics don't mix. In fact, when uh, Mike Huckabee, as my pastor, ran for office the first time, the, his biggest opposition was people in the church who said Christians have, you know, pastors have no right getting involved in politics. I remember what he went through. It was awful. Uh, so I think that that it's going to take uh, 
in, in many instances is going to take Christians actually becoming victims of this this outrageous violence and crime before they'll wake up and arm up and stand up. It's going to take more politicians like Senator Jason Rapert to, to, to boldly take a stand and create organizations of Christians who are willing to stand up and fight. And I think that it's going to um, I think it's going to get much better. It's going to get it's going to take more pastors taking a stand like Iverson Jackson, who will stand in front of their church and boldly uh, incite their flock to to rise up and take a stand for their country and because it is God's way. How many times in the Bible did God command his people to to actually go into fight? Over and over again. Yeah, to go into fight. So uh, this whole premise that if you're a Christian, you're not supposed to, to stand up and fight is just not true. All right, Paul? I don't know. I, I, I... I think teaching people morality is is the issue, and teaching people how to how to apply it. Because I think people will say, obviously in church you'll hear you shouldn't steal from people, but let's apply this. How does it apply when we vote? Should we vote to to to, to take tax money from our neighbors because we want a new a new um, playground in, in our neighborhood, or, or should we should we vote against that? I think that's some of the kind of things. That doesn't get taught in churches. They say not to steal from your neighbors, and most of these people you go to church with, they won't steal from you. They won't come to your house and take something out of your, your garage, but they will vote to take your money to fund something um, that shouldn't be any, any business of government. And so there's 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 things like that. There's a lot of the different things that they wouldn't do themselves, but they will vote for government to do it to you or to to others. And I think this disconnect needs to be to be taught in churches because it, it's it's definitely part of morality and it's just it's treated like well these are separate things i'm sorry it's not that separate things you know when, when i think it's probably fair to say that when, when jesus was discussing things with the pharisees in the new testament when paul discussed things with the pharisees in the synagogues that you know they were discussing politics mm-hmm. oh listen to what john mcintyre said on the facebook thread he said spiritual warfare is tough apathy is easy <laughs> caleb and joshua were the minority yes and they were the only two out of the 12 that went into the promised land. Uh, that's that's right. correct. Jesus wasn't scared. No. no. Nope. You're talking about threats. Remember they took Jesus to the brow of the hill to throw him off the hill. Mm-hmm. They were serious, and he just kind of disappeared out of their sight. And so uh, they and, eventually. And, that, and that's, that's what's interesting is a lot of times you get into discussions like that, people get really angry. Well. And, and, that's, and that's, that's part of it. And that's, that's another problem with a lot of churches, I think, that, that – we don't focus enough on emotional self-control. Mm-hmm. I think and that we – go ahead. And it, it's, it's, it's sad because in many cases we think that, well, emotions are something we can't control. We can control our actions, but we can't control our emotions, which Be is hogwash. Yes, you can. It is yes. total hogwash. You definitely can, can control your emotions, and you have a duty to control your emotions. Yep. Your emotions. I mean, it's, it, it, just look at the, the, the command, you should not covet your neighbor's wife. That is a control of your emotions. That is controlling how you think and how you desire and what you desire. You definitely can control your emotions. And I think this is one of those problems that that that, that, that churches need to teach these things mm-hmm. and not and not block people from having these kind of discussions in a in a um, religious environment. No, pastors need to pastors need to bow up and start talking about that the Democratic Party, if you're gonna be a Christian, how can you align Hello. yourself with this party? Yep. Because I remember in my church there were Democrats and Republicans, so you don't talk about politics. Well, you have to now. You have to say, look, the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of 50 years ago. You cannot. How can you possibly be a Christian and align with 
that and one, of the, one of the things that, that that goes on in some churches, I think maybe, is that, that so we think, well, the Democrat Party is more likely to engage in charity. Well, yeah, after stealing the money from somebody else, and so that that's part of the problem is that we don't have people, ministers especially, teaching people the difference between theft and charity. If, All right, but with we, that, we have a break. With you saying that, we got to take a break. Okay. We'll come back and talk about this further because I don't even think you need to say Democrat or or Republican from the pulpit. All you got to do is teach preach morality. right versus wrong. Yeah. Uh, hey, from Dave, yes. we've got a viewer from Europe who is watching us who says, I want to say greetings to you all, especially Mrs. Jan. This is the first time that I've watched and listened to you all. I'm glad that we in Europe can hear your thoughts over here. Greetings from the city of Belgrade, Serbia country. Cool. Very yeah. nice. How about that? All right. Well, we'll get back and uh, we got more to say, so don't leave. Keep watching mm-hmm. here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Another segment of the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. To our uh, viewers around the world, we welcome you back for this segment. To you who are listening on radio, thanks for tuning in today. And for you listening to the podcast, share this with your friends. I think we're talking about really serious things uh, here right now on the Dave Ellswick Show uh, back in the time that Reagan was running, Jerry Falwell began the uh, uh, basically the Christian majority, the uh, the religious right, and they played a, a valuable place in getting Reagan elected. We are at that point again. If what you see going on in the country concerns you, the burning down of property. Uh, the attack on uh, what can be taught in our schools as, for, as far as history goes. Uh, the outright attack that, you know, boys that they say that their girls can uh, compete in girls' sports or girls that say their boys can be, uh, you know, competing in boys' sports has got to stop. There are so many. Look, it used to be that you'd have a one-faceted uh, attack. When you get in a war... Uh, the people that are fighting in war want to fight on one front because then you can use all your resources on that one front. You know, Hitler understood that. Stalin un- er, uh, understood that. And they wanted, you know, America and Britain to come in, so we got a multi-front war. We've got to get all of our people going so that we can fight a multi-front war. They're, t- they're attacking us uh, from every direction where it's very difficult to determine where you put your resources at. And Iverson, that's my next question for you. What do we do? I mean, how do we, how do we, uh, you know, start fighting this war? You know, one of the uh, most important things I, as I look at it, and again, it's getting people, pastors, um, preaching the word and getting people back in church and showing folks that the word of God, the Bible, uh, deals with everything i've not found anything that i had to deal with in life that's not already uh spoken of in the scriptures Mm -hmm. so a lot of people want to separate their life from scripture and kind of compartmentalize i guess that's kind of the word we use today they want to compartmentalize church and and all those things well you know that's that's church but this is the real world well (laughs) that's a problem there when when you and i say like this if the if the bible is not practical it's useless 
You know, if you're, you. if, you're, if your Christianity is not practical, then it is absolutely useless. And so I, I live, this is what I live by. It's what I believe. It's what I live by. It's what my eternal hope is, is based on. And if, and if it's not useful in this life, it's certainly not going to be any good in the next life. And so t- to get that back, we got to tie those things together. What's going on today in our world? With what's going on in the church and in the Bible, and it can't just be somewhere. The church just can't be somewhere you go on Sundays to get your religious duty out of the way and then get back to your real life. And that's the problem with most churches. Do you have the feeling at time, Iverson, that people go to church and they go to get their Jesus fix? Yes, it's it's to relieve relieve the conscience to say, I'm a good person. I'm accepted in polite society to check the box. box, All All the above. And that's where we had the rise of the seeker friendly church that that came in about 25 years or so ago where people, you know, just want the song to dance and out the door. Get me out, you know, in 45 minutes and, uh, uh, you know, 45 minutes. If that works for you, that's fine. And some people go for business networking. And they go for business networking. All Mm -hmm. All the things that they go for that are not part of why you should attend uh, church on a regular basis. When you look at when this nation was and before it was founded and, and then after it was founded, moving westward, one of the main concerns uh, for the people that were already established was as this nation moved westward, uh, there was no established churches out there. So they sent circuit riders out there to make sure that the moral foundation of the nation stayed intact. Because when you look, Paul was talking about that moral foundation, when you lose that moral foundation, you lose the nation. And so that's where you had all the circuit riders and people would go and and, and and they'll give their life to make sure that the people on the frontier uh, were hearing the word of God and that this nation that was founded as a Judeo Christian on Judeo Christian principles remained that way as it expanded. Well, I think another thing that's really lacking is, is the family structure. Our, our families in and America part of it. have just gone to shambles. Yeah. And so I, I think it's probably irrational for us to expect um, in any kind of functional resistance to to some of these pretty awful things that are going on, it, it's if families are in shambles, they're falling apart. Yeah, I mean, is is it reasonable for us to expect um, people to be able to clearly think about how to resist? Well, again, you you again, it's it's. Um the scripture Injustice. says, "If man doesn't take care of his own house, he is worse than an infidel." It didn't say right. let the government well, take care right, of right, your house, right? And, and then you look at the leadership roles in in um, in First Timothy three, I think is I think it is. You, you give some yeah. qualifications for elders and even deacons there, I think as well. And so it's it's you know when, when people are, people in our leadership, I, I think they should be expected to 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 actually run their own households. Yes, in, well, that is a, qualification, is, right. and it says if one can't run his own, own house, household, how can he? How can he? You know, right. run an organization at the church or anything right. like that. Right. So and, they're and disqualified, so, right? But if you put people in leadership positions mm-hmm. in a church just because they have they have standing in mm-hmm. a community or they're you know on the, the board or right. yeah, rich or right. uh, and so you want that type of person mm-hmm. in leadership, but right. they but, but his kids hate him, yeah, yeah uh, or, or, or they're just they're just. Badly yeah, you have a lot of Christians arre- today, or people or... who call themselves Christians, or people who go to church who feel that the Bible is just an outdated book of stories, and it's not anything that we are going to apply to our lives today. It's there are like a lot of people Ten who believe that the Ten Commandments are not relevant today. Which one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's right. not kill. Right. Uh, not, that's not hey, steal. That's the key. They're commandments, not suggestions. They're not suggestions. <laughs> 
And so, so when you, and again, that, that goes back to the pulpit because it's so very easy to make what the scripture says relevant for today. Mm-hmm. I don't see how it cannot be relevant for today. And for those people that Dave, I think you said, uh, or Jack, Jack, you said uh, about people say, well, you know, this is just the end times. Well, of course, it's in yep. the end times, but that doesn't excuse us. We don't crawl, go crawl under part. a rock and wait for the, the dust rock. to settle. It, 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 you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, make, on the side doesn't, of the doesn't right. automatically make stealing OK or, yeah. or murder OK. You know, Jesus or, said this. He said, occupy until I come. That is a military word. All right. And there are a lot of nations that we occupied for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And why? To keep everything in check, to make sure it didn't go. That, that Germany did not roll back. And be, and we end up with World War Three. You know, they proved after World War One that, that they weren't going to behave themselves. And, 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 and we've and we've been inundated with communism and socialism anyway. Yeah. We just don't call bit it by that. bit by bit. And, and then Democrats are starting to call it that anyway. But, but we've, we've been immersed in socialism in this country to you know, a that, great that, extent. That's why it's called backsliding, not back, not a backfall. <laughs> you slide. You slide back. Slowly. You slide back. And, and you know, it's, it's the old slow poison uh, type thing. You're still going to be dead, but it's just killing you softly. And we keep drawing different lines hey, in the sand. I've got an idea, Iverson. Uh-huh. Just like Senator Rapert has started this thing for legislators, trying to pull Christian legislators together, I think you need to start a deal pulling uh, pastors to politics or something and try to pull pastors into the political arena and make them understand that they've got to not only get involved in their government, but they've got to encourage their Christians in their churches to get involved in government. Are, are you going to start a national organization for that? We have one, Jane. You already do. <laughs> Okay. Good. What is it? Uh, Let me see. Uh, Ministers taking a stand, and that's part of. uh, uh, I I am the national vice president of Ministers uh, taking a stand. I said, let me say like this: the Stand Foundation. Yeah, Stand Foundation with Bishop E. W. Jackson. I'm one of the national vice presidents of uh, of, of that, and so that is one of the things that we do is is work with pastors across the nation. Uh, And you tell them to grow a set, right? (laughs) We may not. So put it quite, quite like that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, hey, I am so glad to hear that because yeah. because I can just tell you from my from my past experience. At, well, I was on the executive board of the State mm-hmm. Baptist Convention in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I could just tell you there are a lot of pastors that just don't. Well, we're not going to get into politics. We're going to stay away from all that. You know, we're not supposed to get involved in that. But here's the thing: it's not politics, right? But it's that's the way they view it. It's a moral foundation word. that you already do. You think every step. Every step, what is Ephesians four twenty seven says, neither give place to the devil. So every step you take back, he's going to take forward. Mm-hmm. The, the line mm-hmm. in the sand, Wayne, you said that we keep drawing lines in the sand. He's never going to respect any 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 place that, uh, you know, all it takes for darkness to move is just put the light out. Mm-hmm. And darkness just grows. And so uh, when ministers fail, any area you cover, you fail to cover or to address that means that you have turned that area over to to Satan, it's our to job darkness. To push back the well, darkness. I was just and, and to push I, back the darkness. And to moderate this a little bit, I think we need to not just expect ministers to do it. Parents need to do it as well. I mean, it's it's parents' responsibility to teach their children, not just to simply rely on their on their their ministers to to instill their children with morals. Because the, the fact is that if fathers won't do it, they're probably not going to learn it. Yeah. But again, going back to, you know, our pressing this this nation here. What's the first building that used to always go up in the in the community? It's a church, a one room, and it was the church. church yes. And it, then it would be also the courthouse, and through and the it week would also it would be, be the, the schoolhouse. School. Yes. And so the church was the the building block 
for the community. You know, you had the family and, there. And then the Baptist and Methodist would fight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the good thing about, 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 the, uh, about the church is that uh, they, they taught the children. A lot of children on the Western Front, that's how they learned to read mm-hmm. and write, was at the church. Really? And uh, as I said yesterday, they taught them reading, writing, and arithmetic, not how to put on a condom. Well, the other thing, for instance, people talk about separation of church and state, which that phrase comes from the Danbury letters that President uh, Jefferson Jefferson sent out. And he was talking about a federal church, not state churches, because state churches were well known to be in all the states Mm -hmm. of of the Union at that time. And when he was president... He sent out thousands of Bibles to school systems all over the United States because that was the way that children learned to read. Yes. They learned to read from the scriptures. And so for all of you who thinks it means that the government doesn't get involved in in church in any way, shape or form, wrong. Uh, the, the government is always supposed to be involved in in, in pursuing a moral citizenry. Uh, here in the United States, I mean, uh, Adam said that from the word go. If we lost our morality, we'd lose our country. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at right now. All right. Got to take a break. I, I wanted to jump in just to make that point. We've got one last segment coming up with the power panel. You got Iverson Jackson there, Jan Morgan, Paul Calvert. Uh, no, Wayne Beach. Is, is Wayne still there? Wayne's Wayne still here. is here. He's sitting being in an RD awful. spot. Being like really, I'm a good you're listener. Being, yeah, you're being quiet, buddy. All right, <laughs> let's take a break. we got one last segment coming after this break on the Dave Ellswick Show. Final segment of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Monday. Glad that you could join us today. Jan Morgan is in studio along with Iverson. Uh, he is here. Iverson Jackson and, of course, uh, Paul Calvert. And Wayne Beach, although he's been kind of quiet today, he is there as well. I'm Dave Ellswick. This is our final segment for today's show. Tomorrow, Elizabeth will be here. Bible guys will be here. And I think uh, what we're talking about today, we'll have to talk with the Bible guys again tomorrow. A lot going on today. If you haven't been here for the whole show, please go back and listen to the podcast and share it with your friends. A lot of great, great, great content today on the Dave Ellswick Show. So let's get back into it uh, and finish up here. I'd like to change the, 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 the talk a little bit because, Paul, you were mentioning the piece of video on uh, uh, Facebook uh, since last week dealing with the Conway police. And uh, I, do, I don't think that there's any uh, kind of... Uh, correlation between what happened with the Conway police and what happened in Minneapolis. Do you think that there's a difference there? Do you think that that was a George Floyd situation? I took a little bit different view on the George Floyd case. So a lot of people were saying, well, that was murder. And I'm I'm thinking, well, you know, the police were probably acting somewhat inappropriately, but I don't think they tried to kill the guy. I think that was it was one of those things where they were probably a little too rough with him. And he had some other things going on, and he died. And I think that that might have been the same similar situation with, with in Conway is that they were probably a little rougher than they should have been. They weren't trying to kill him, weren't really even trying to hurt him, but they were probably a little bit rougher than they should have been. But that was no, the same I, I thing that I happened to George that. Floyd, right? 
So, so in George Floyd, they died under him, or they, they, he, he died underneath them. But it was the same them. maneuver. It was the knee it, in the neck. Well, it right? wasn't no, the knee no, in the neck. No, no, no. Yeah. Let me stop. In, in, in Let me Conway, stop. It wasn't a knee no, in the neck. Stop. No, no knee to the neck. Right. In Conway. Conway. Right. Guy had his foot on the back of the suspect right. uh, because he kept trying to get up. Mm-hmm. Okay. They told him to lie still. Right. There was a female. A police officer right at uh, his head telling him the same thing, and he would not comply. Right. No, and I, th- I think that's that's true, but I think part of the issue might have been that if he was, if he really was having trouble breathing, you know, no one's going to stay still regardless of what you do to him. If they really, now, if they I really don't are. Hey, I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. If if I'm a criminal, the first mm-hmm. thing I say is I can't breathe. Well, I know. That's I think, the first thing I'm going to say now because right. that plays into the whole George Floyd thing. They'd already had gotten this guy mm-hmm. down. He had a knife. He had been trying. He had been causing all kinds of problems. It taught. It took several police officers mm-hmm. to be able to wrestle him to the ground because they found out later through toxicology he was on meth and he was on heroin. Right, so he was high on stuff. And so, and but just so part of my point was the optics of of the video didn't look real good. And I don't know all the all the the background information. I saw the the first video that that um, the mayor's office put out. And yeah, they arrested him. I think he was fighting him initially, and but generally speaking, I didn't see the I didn't see all the extra video that came out later. And so, but generally speaking, and once someone's got their hands cuffed behind their back, generally they should probably be allowed to, to at least sit there if they're having trouble breathing. If they're if they really are, but and so I don't know. It's it's just one of those things that the optics are not real good in that case. And then and then when you had the one officer um, set his foot on the guy's back and kind of bow up like he had like it was a trophy sort of thing and i don't know if that was his intent but that's kind of what the the camera angle made it look like and i I think that was kind of that it was unfortunate at the very least i think all right well i just i personally think it's really apples and oranges well and i think it is different situation i agree it is different but but i probably don't take quite as negative negative a view on the George Floyd case, as a lot of people did, because I, I tend to think that, well, I don't think it was a case of, of murder in the same sense as they, they intended to kill the guy. I think they were probably rougher with him than they should have been. But I, I, I personally I, I've didn't. I never said that I thought it was first-degree murder. Right. I do believe that uh, they can make a good case that uh, this police officer hastened the the suspect's death when he had his knee, knee on, his on his neck, right. where he could not breathe, where this police officer, he was handcuffed. He kept trying to get up, and he put his foot on his back so that he would not get up again. Well, and that, and, that. and, and I he actually, tried to run away before. Mm-hmm. Well, and in that case, the, the officer had his foot on his back. I don't think he was putting much weight on him. No, he wasn't. But the, but the woman beside him, I think she knelt down on him pretty hard. And I don't, I don't know, like I said, I don't know that that had any contributing, um, I don't know if, if it was a contributing factor to the guy dying, but that to me the optics were not real good. The way it looked yeah. were, and, and, and like I said, I, I, I don't think it was just a terribly abusive situation, but I don't think the optics were real good on it. It didn't look real good. Well, this is, a, the, now this is the discussion that we're having in this country right now. What is too much force? I mean, if you've right. got a guy that's trying to steal stuff, uh, basically tearing the harps up, and the police arrive and they're trying to subdue him, uh, how, how much force is too much force? And, that, and that's, that's a, a good question, because how, how 
until he's subdued, is it unreasonable to, to to use aggressive force? I don't think it is unreasonable when someone is is literally stealing stuff. And but just it still needs to be within reason. I mean, you don't throw a grenade at the guy, obviously. Um, but and, and that's a it is a good question. It needs to be thought out ahead of time. So it's not um, being well, figured out in the heat of the moment. It's kind of like the whole argument about pornography. What is pornography? And a person said, well, I don't know how you write a specific statement about pornography, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. okay. That was one of the judges. Was, was that one of the yeah. justices yeah, or something? I know was it when, yeah, Clarence I know Thomas it when I, or something? When I see it. And it's, it's the same way with this. You know, when those people go in there, the police officers, and they have to subdue something, there is going to be uh, room for judgment. Yeah, yeah there is. There, and it's I, going I to agree. be there. And I agree. I think that we can all look and say, you know, putting your knee on somebody's neck and and literally crushing uh, their their uh, ability to breathe, breathe is different than somebody who's got their foot on the in the lower and, half of somebody's back. And the thing is that, you know, if someone really is a dangerous person and, and it really is imperative that you hold them down, you know, I don't have a problem putting a knee on their neck even. I mean, if they really are dangerous, you do whatever it takes to subdue them. And that's and that's the thing is that it, it does take judgment. And, it's, and because the fact is, if, if it was a, a, a real big, strong man that you that you really, really was serious to subdue him and keep him from getting up, because he's going to hurt somebody, even in handcuffs. You know what? You do what it takes. You know, my question has always been, <clears throat> what is the training, their mm-hmm. training set right. to yep. do? There has to be a protocol and sure. training for that to say, you know, if this, then that. Right. And so I don't think the police should be left to have to make a judgment right. as they should, to what they, to they do. Should, they should the know. training should right. dictate if, if this situation happened, right. you do this. If this situation happened, you do that. Mm-hmm. You know. No, I, I think you're absolutely right there is that the training should happen. And, and hopefully, and I think this will happen more because of some of these cases, we've got people that, you know, in most situations, if someone who's relatively healthy gets arrested, they won't die because someone sits on them. All right, guys, we're out of time. Hear that music? means we run out of time. Jim Morgan, thanks for coming in today. You bet. Appreciate you being here. Great being here. Iverson Jackson, thank you, sir. All right. And uh, my thanks to uh, Paul Calvert. Yes, sir. To Wayne Wayne Beach, thank him for coming in as well. Don't forget, tomorrow, Bible Guys in at 7 o'clock. Elizabeth is with me the rest of the time. Dow Industrial Average at this time is up 130 points. I have no idea as you're listening at 6 o'clock to this recorded version what to finish, but it looks like it's going to be a good day. Talk to you tomorrow, 6 a.m.